Welcome to Zichud Avsi Manim, I'm Rabbi Avram Goldhar, and today we're with Sechus Psachim, Daf Lamed Beis. So the three doubles are going to focus on number one. The mission at the bottom of Daf Lamed Alpha and Beis stated, If one inadvertently eats trum of chametz on Pesach, he must repay the principal plus one-fifth, a chomish, which is understood to mean one-quarter. The Gemara asks what the halacha is in general when one consumes trum of b'shogeg, where one repays. Does one pay according to the volume of what he ate, or does he repay according to the price? The Gemara clarifies that there is no question that in a case where one ate truma worth four zuzim, and at the time of payment the equivalent amount was only worth one zuz, that the person must repay the value at the beginning. For he is no different than an ordinary gazlan, where the rule is, All thieves must repay according to the value of the item at the moment of theft. The question is only when the value of the produce increased. Do we say he pays according to the measure, even though the value went up? Or perhaps if he ate a zoo's worth of truma, that's all that he has to pay, regardless of its volume. The Gemara begins a lengthy analysis. Point number two, Rabbi Yosef attempted to resolve the inquiry above from a price that states, Acho grogros v'shilam lotamarim tavo If one ate b'shogeg dried figs of truma and repaid the cone with dates, may a bracha come upon him because he acted righteously. Now, if you say that one repays according to volume, then it makes sense that he should receive a bracha because he ate one zoo's worth of figs and is repaying with four zuzim worth of dates. But if he's repaying according to value, why should he receive a bracha? He ate a zuz and he's repaying with a zuz. Abai answered and said that in fact he is repaying according to value. And the reason he should receive a bracha is because he ate something that buyers do not run after and yet repaid with something that buyers do run after. Point number three, the Gemara brings the Malchokas wherein the minimum amount of truma that one must eat b'shogi to be high of the repayment of a fifth, which we understand to be a quarter. It was taught in the Brisa, Ocha Kazais Truma Mishom Karen Vachomish. If one eats a Kazais of Truma Bishogeg, he repays the principal plus one fifth, which we understand to be a quarter, to the Kohen. Abashaul said that one is not liable to repayment Adshiaboshava Pruta until the Truma he consumes is worth a Shava Pruta. The Tanakhama bases his reason on the Pasik, the Ishki Yochel Kodesh Bishkaga, if a man will eat of the Holy Truma, Bashogeg, and the rule is that eating is defined as consuming a kazais. Abba Shaul bases his reason on the word in the Pasuk, Vanasan, and he shall repay the holy to the Kohen. The Nasina Pachas Meshava Pruta. And the rule is, is that an act of repayment is not of legal significance if performed with less than a Shava Pruta. The Gemara continues explaining what the Tanakama and Bashul learn from each other's source. So once again, the three points are number one, the Mishnah at the bottom of Tavalamad Alfama Bay stated. If one inadvertently eats trum of chametz on Pesach, he must repay the principal plus one-fifth, which is understood to mean one-quarter. The Gemara asks what the halacha is in general when one consumes trum of shogeg, where one repays. Does one pay according to the volume of what he ate, or does he repay according to the price? The Gemara clarifies that there is no question that in a case where one ate trum worth four zuzim, and at the time of payment the equivalent amount was only worth one zuz, that the person must repay the value at the beginning. For he's no different than an ordinary gazlan, where the rule is, all thieves must repay according to the value of the item at the moment of theft. The question is only when the value of the produce increased. Do we say he pays according to the measure, even though the value went up? Or perhaps, if he ate a zoo's worth of truma, that's all he has to pay, regardless of its volume. The Gemara begins a lengthy analysis. Point number two, Rav Yosef attempted to resolve the inquiry above from a price that states, if one ate b'shogeg dried figs of truma and repaid the cone with dates, 
because he acted righteously. Now, if you say that one repays according to volume, then it makes sense that he should receive a bracha because he ate one zoo's worth of figs and he's repaying with four zuzim worth of dates. But if he's repaying according to value, why should he receive a bracha? He ate a zoo's and he's repaying with a zoo's. Abai answered and said that in fact he's repaying according to value. And the reason he should receive a bracha is because he ate something the buyers don't run after and yet repaid with something the buyers do run after. And point number three, the Gemara brings the Malchokas regarding the minimum amount of truma that one must eat b'shogi to bechayv the repayment of a chomish. It was taught in a b'raisa, ochel kazayis truma, mishalm keren v'chomish. If one eats a kazayis of truma b'shogi, he repays the principal plus one-fifth, which we understand to be a quarter, to the kohen. Abba Shaul said that one is not liable to repayment, ad shiyabo shavapruta, until the truma he consumes is worth a shavapruta. The Tanakhama bases his reason on the pasta ish, if a man will eat of the holy truma, and the rule is, is that eating is defined as consuming a kazais. Abba Shaul bases his reason on the word in the Pasuk, and he shall repay the holy to the Kohen. And the rule is that an act of repayment is not of legal significance if performed with less than a Shavapruta. The Gemara continues explaining what the Tanakhama and Abba Shaul learn from each other's source. All right, now we go to our sim for Dafalam and Base, and our standard simon is a mad scientist in a lab. A lab. So here goes. The mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha, and experimenting to see if he could make a kazai's worth less than a shavapruta. Once again, in slow motion. The mad scientist in his lab. Mad scientist in his lab? That must be more on Dafalam and Base. The mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to value and not volume, which reminds the Gemara asks what halacha is in general when one consumes truma b'shogeg where one repays. Does one pay according to the volume of what he ate or does he repay according to the price? And the Gemara clarifies that the question is only when the value of the produce increased. Do we say he pays according to the measure, even though the value went up? Or perhaps if he ate a zoo's worth of truma, that's all that he has to pay, regardless of its volume. So the mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to the value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha, which reminds us that the Bryce that stated, if one ate b'shogeg dried figs of truma and repaid the cone with dates, may a bracha come upon him because he acted righteously, is not a proof that he pays according to volume. Abai said that in fact he's repaying according to value. And the reason he should receive a bracha is because he ate something the buyers don't run after and yet repaid with something that buyers do run after. So the mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha and experimenting to see if he could make a kazai's worth less than a shavapruta. Which reminds us that it's a machogs tanakam whether the minimum amount of truma that one must eat to require paying back the karen and the chomish is a kazais because it says achila in the Pasuk, or a shavapruta because he says venasin and he gave, and an asina isn't less than a shavapruta. So once again, the mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for trumi ate according to value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha, and experimenting to see if he could make a kazais worth less than a shavapruta. Alright, now it's time to go to our four brought back chazara. Dav Chavches, the simmer Dav Chavches is a strong man. The strong man, strong man, that must be more Dav Chavches. 
The strong man showing off his strength by crumbling chametz in one hand while grinding a vodazor in the other, which reminds us that the chametz disagreed with Rabbi Yehud regarding burning chametz and stated, He crumbles the chametz and scatters it to the wind or casts it into the sea. And the Gemara inquired if that means the chametz must be crumbled whether it's thrown into the wind or cast into the sea, or means they must crumble it to scatter it to the wind, but he may cast it into the sea intact. An apparel inquiry was made regarding a mission that discusses destroying Avodah using similar language. Rebbe holds that the Avodah being thrown to the Yama Melch doesn't require grinding, but Hametz thrown into the rivers does. Rav Yosef says the opposite. The Avodah which doesn't dissolve, requires grinding, but Hametz that does dissolve does not require crumbling. So the strong man showing off his strength by crumbling Hametz in one hand while grinding Avodah in the other was embarrassed when he was told that the Hametz belonged to a Nachri, which reminds us that the next Mishnah states, Hametz shall Nachri of a Pesach Chametz belonging to a Nachri after Pesach has passed is Mutter Bahana. While Yisrael Asbahana, but Chametz that belonged to a Jew over Pesach is Asbahana. So, or as it says, Lavan shall not be seen to. Rashi cites the Gemara's conclusion that the Pasuk cite as the reason for the ruling, meaning that the Jew's Chametz is forbidden because he's penalized after having transgressed the prohibition against having it in his possession over Pesach. So the strong man showing off his strength by crumbling chametz in one hand while grinding a vodazor in the other was embarrassed when he was told that the chametz belonged to a nachri and that he better relearn the three shitas regarding the iser chametz. Which reminds us that it's a three-way machos between Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Shimon, and Yossi Aglili regarding when a chametz is aser and what one is liable for. Dav Chavtes, so the similar Dav Chavtes, is a kot. The chametz enthusiast who kept nachri chametz under his kot. Kot? That must be more Dav Chavtes. The Chametz enthusiast who kept Nachri Chametz under his cot, which reminds us, Rabbi Yaakov said that the Mishnah Dav Chav Chesam and Alf reflected the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, and he derives a prohibition of leaven regarding eating from the prohibition of leaven regarding seeing, meaning that just as one is restricted from seeing his Chametz, but he may see the Chametz of Nachri and Hektish, so too only your leaven you may not eat, but one may eat that of Nachri and Hektish. In fact, continues Rabbi Yaakov, the Mishnah should have stated that Nachri's Chametz is permitted to be eaten during Pesach. But since it stated that Jews' chametz is Asr Bahana after Pesach, it contrasted it with the Nachri's chametz that is Mutter Bahana after Pesach. The Gemara later proves that Rav Achibar Yaakov retracted his understanding of Rav Yehuda's position. So the chametz enthusiast who kept Nachri chametz under his cot and hektish chametz in the closet, which reminds the Gemara brought a brisa that said, Ochel chametz shall hektish, but Moed ma'al, one who eats chametz of hektish during Pesach, has committed ma'al. And there are those that say that he has not committed me'ilah. And one of the five interpretations of the Bryce is brought by Rav Achibar Rava, who explained in the name of Rav Yosef the Melchok is regarding whether something can lead to a benefit of money is treated as though it's money now. The one who says, the one who eats the chametz has committed me'ila holds that it's treated as money now since the chametz of Hektish can be eaten after Pesach and therefore has value. And the Yeshomri holds that something that can lead to a benefit of money is not treated as though it's money now. Therefore the person did not commit an act of me'ila on something of value. So the chametz enthusiast who kept Nechri chametz under his cot and hectish chametz in the closet could even discern a mashu of chametz in a mixture that did not impart taste. Which reminds us the Gemara presents the opinions of Rav Shmuel and Rav Yochanan regarding the halachas of mixtures containing chametz. Daf Lamed. So the Simmer Daf Lamed is a Malamed, is a Rebbe, is a teacher. So here goes. The Rebbe. Rebbe. That must be more on Daf Lamed for Malamed. The Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free, which reminds us that as Malchokas Rav and Shmuel, whether earthenware pots used for chametz before Pesach need to be broken. Rav says they do, as he rules like Rabbi Yehuda, the chametz after Pesach is Asr Bahana, and that such leftover chametz will forbid a mixture of similar kind, and although it will be a case of no centum of gum, it will impart 
a rancid flavor. Rav holds that it's still usher. And Shmuel says they do not need to be broken, as he rules like Rabbi Shimru holds that mixtures after Pesach are permitted after Pesach. So the Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free, as people wait in line to have their ovens fired up, which reminds us we may not need dough with milk, and if one did so, the entire bread made from that dough is forbidden, since it might lead to sin, meaning that one may come to eat it with meat. Similarly, we may not grease an oven with the fatty tail of a sheep, and if one did so, the entire bread in the oven is forbidden until one fires up the oven to burn away the fat. This implies that if the oven is fired up, the bread baked in it subsequently is permitted because the meat flavors in the oven are purged through the firing. So the Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free, as people wait in line to have their ovens fired up and to do Haggala's kalim. Which reminds us that the Gemara discusses the cushioning of kalim, such as knives, wooden spoons, earthenware vessels, and that kalim used with hummus while it's cold can be used for matzah on Pesach. Daflamidov. So the simmer Daflamidov is the law we use a judge, a judge. So here it goes. The judge's courtroom. Judge. That must be one Daflamidov. The law. The judge's courtroom was packed with defaulting debtors who claim their creditors use their security deposits retroactively. Which reminds the Gemara introduced some alchokas regarding a creditor who holds a mortgage on a borrower's property. Abai said, If the borrower defaults on the debt, the Balchov collects the property retroactively. Or as Rava said, he collects the property only from here on. The Gemara clarifies that they argue in a case where the Balchov either sold or was maktish the property before the loan came due. So the judge's courtroom was packed with defaulting debtors who claim their creditors use their security deposits retroactively, including one man in his pajamas, which reminds us of the rule taught by Rabbi Yitzhak who said that we derive that a creditor acquires the security that was deposited by him from what's stated in the puzzle regarding a creditor who returns the night clothes of a poor Jew as security for a loan at night, and for you it will be considered tzedakah. Now if, the, now if the lender does not acquire the security, on what basis is it considered tzedakah? From here then, it's right that a creditor acquires the security. This is the basis of Malchus, between the Tanakh and Rimer, whether a Jew acquires the security of a Nachri as well. So the judge's courtroom was packed with defaulting debtors who claim their creditors use their security deposits retroactively, including one man in his pajamas who came with his dog that could sniff chametz buried up to three tefachim deep. Which reminds us that ruin fell on chametz when Rishim Gamliel holds that if it's buried three tefachim deep so that a dog can search after it and find it, then it's considered removed from the owner's possession and he's not over on Bal Yira'eh. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff do we have to come on Abba Shul, whether the minimum amount of truma to eat to be high of a Karen and a Chomish is a Kazais or Shavapruta? That's on Dav. Lamed Beis. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we have to buy in Rava if a debtor defaults on his mortgage, whether the Balchov collects the debt Lamafreya retroactively? That's on Dav. Lamed Good. Number three. Which Daphne Malchuk is regarding crumbling chametz versus crumbling of Odazora when being thrown into the water? That's on Daf. Chavchas. Good. Number four. Which Daphne Malchuk question if one consumes Truma Boshogeg, does he repay according to value or volume? That's on Daf. Lamed Beis. Good. Number five. Which Daphne learned that the source of the Balchuk takes possession of the security in his possession is from the Pasuk Uchat Yadstaka? That's on Daf. Lamedov. Good number six. Which stuff to be Malchus Rubagezer and the Rabban whether a new oven fired up with a forbidden substance needs to be destroyed or not? That's on Duff. Chavav. Good number seven. Which stuff to be that wood that's consecrated for Shlami does not become Chulin when one is Mal, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who holds Milo does not apply to Shlami. That's on Duff. Chavzain. Good number eight. Which stuff to be Malchus whether one who ate chametz a hektish 
over Pesach has committed Me'ilah. That's on Duff. Chavtes. Good number nine. Wish that we learned that if an oven is greased with the fatty tail of a sheep, if it's fired up, the bread baked in it subsequently is permitted because the meat flavors in the oven are purged. That's on Duff. Ahmed. Good number ten. Wish that the owner of Shimon Gamil holds that Bahamas is buried three talking deep so a dog cannot find it and the owner is not over on Bal That's on Duff. Ahmed Excellent. All right, that concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Goldman Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.